Christmas is right around the corner, and here at RLCC, we care about the community around us. Our goal is to provide Christmas assistance for 80 children this year. With your help, we can make that happen. So make a donation in the month of November and December above and beyond your normal ties to RLCC Christmas, and together we will bless those 80 children within our community. January 5th through the 7th, the Vine will be heading back to Gatlinburg, TCTC, otherwise known as the Tennessee Christian Teen Convention, is a yearly weekend retreat for youth. There are always cool bands, amazing speakers, and they always get the opportunity to explore downtown Gatlinburg and the Smokies. If your youth would like to go, the current price is $95. Final deadline for registration will be December 1st. There will also be an additional price for lodging. We will determine that once we have a final head count. You can pay via the website under the Give tab, or you can pay via check. Make it out to RLCC Youth with TCTC on the memo. Hello to our 252 kids, preschool and elementary families. Are you ready for an exciting Christmas party? Join us at Stars and Strikes in Woodstock on Sunday, December 10th from 12.30 to 2.30 for family fun. A taco buffet lunch, a $15 game card, a round of laser tag and bumper cars all await our group. The cost is $15 per person and you'll need to RSVP by the please email dandrew at reallifechristian.church. Hope to see you there. One, two, intro, two, three, four.
our hands so you can just handle it for us because you are the one that takes care of us. So please be with us as we use this time to worship your name. Thank you. Amen. One, two, one, two, three, four.
midst of our thankfulness, we turn our gaze to the manger, where the greatest gift of all is given to us. As we approach the celebration of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we recognize that everything we have comes from God, just as James 1.17 reminds us. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. The birth of Jesus is the ultimate expression of God's love and grace, a gift that surpasses all understanding and transforms our lives. His birth leads us to this table and the emblems of it. Let us reflect on the trials and joys of the past year, recognizing that each experience has shaped us and drawn us closer to our Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for all of the many blessings you give us, Lord. Uh, just the opportunity to come into this house and worship you and fellowship with one another. Lord, we just thank you for that ultimate sacrifice on the cross, the gift of your son, so that we may be forgiven of our sins and be together with you and with one another in heaven. Just watch over us, guide us. regardless of size, plays a crucial role in creating a harmonious whole. Our offerings extend beyond the walls of this building, resonating as a powerful force for God in our community and the ministries we support abroad. In this reflection, let us recognize that our gifts are more than financial contributions. They're expressions of gratitude and hope in Christ. Regardless of the amount, each offering signifies a commitment to support our community and those in need of God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all the gifts that you give us. Uh, we know that everything we have here is yours, and we just thank you for that. Lord, please bless the gift. So today, you know, I'm going to talk about Christmas. We're finished with the turkey, and we're moving on towards presents, right? Well, this past week, we went to visit family in Virginia. And while we're up there, I'm putting up decorations and kind of reflecting on the coming season. And the amount of stress that comes from it. You don't have any Christmas stress ever, do you? You know, and, but the stress is not usually about how to find the perfect gift, perfect person. The stress is trying to figure out how I'm going to finance this occasion. You know. Everyone seems to have a handout. And that hand comes with expectations. Doesn't it? Certain expectations. And to be honest with you, our expectations of entitlements have ruined our society. They have. You know, everybody wants to receive, but they don't want to give. Everybody wants to receive, but they don't want to contribute. So, you know, it's just like we, we put up this tree because we know there are people that need a hand. There are people that need our Christmas. We're going to talk about giving. Are you excited yet? 
You know, there's a story told of a wealthy man who on the occasion of his daughter's marriage wrote a $5,000 check to the groom. I want to see if she's got any sisters. Amen. But wrote a $5,000 check as a wedding gift. And he gave it to his other daughter to take to his new son-in-law. And when he came back, he said, well, what did your new brother-in-law do when he saw the check? And the girl replied, well, did he make you cry? How can we not think about giving when it's Christmas? That's the thing to do, is it not? The Christmas spirit is the giving spirit. And Frank said that no one has ever become poor by giving. Winston Churchill said we make a living by what we get, we make a life by what we give. Giving is part of life. God so loved the world that he gave. If we love others, give, give, give. You know how many times I've heard that? All y'all ever do is ask for money. That's not true. I preach on it twice a year. You just happen to be here this one. I very rarely mention that we should give. But what better time than now? And like this preacher, he quickly replied, I wish to thank you for the best definition of the Christian life I ever heard. Give, give, give. It's true, isn't it? Shouldn't we be generous as Christians? To the church. And he said, Good morning, Jonathan. And he reached out to shake little Jonathan's hand. Well, as he was shaking his hand, he felt something in the palm of Jonathan's hand. He said, What is this? And Jonathan said, It's money, and it's for you, with a big smile on his face. And he said, I don't want to take your money. He said, I want you to have it. And then Jonathan paused for a minute, took a deep breath, and he says, my daddy says you're the poorest preacher we ever had, and I want to help you out. <laughs> but they need something. Everybody's poor in certain ways. No matter how much we have, materially speaking, we're all still poor. We're poor because there's sin in this world. We're poor because of our need for the Lord. But we are rich because we know Him and we, we have Him in our lives. And, but we are poor because we need more of Him in our life. We're poor because we'll never have enough of Him while on earth. But, but someday we'll be rich. The richest of the rich. We'll be with Him in heaven in the next life. Most of the time there's little or no sacrifice in our offering to the Lord and His church. Could it be that we don't give to the point where we really feel it? Meaning that we don't or we haven't given sacrificially. We only give out of the overflow. We give out of our extra. Now here's what I understand. If you have a hobby, something that you truly love to do, you'll spend a lot of money on that hobby. Sometimes even to the point that it puts you in financial hardship over God. Many of us will go out and buy a new car and finance it. 
when we know we can't afford it. And we choose to do that instead of giving to God. Listen, I get it. I can remember when, when I first became a Christian and, and I was, we, we started going back to church and Leslie was pregnant with our daughter Cherish and, and we'd go to church and, and I was making a whopping $6.85 an hour. Yeah. And they'd pass that offering plate. I'd pull that $5 bill out. I'd buy you a cup of coffee. But we need to be honest about what our giving. You know, I have often have people ask, uh, don't I owe the Lord 10%? Well, yes and no. Yes and no. It depends on how you look at Scripture, and it depends about your own faith. Many Christians live by the principle of Malachi 3, 8 through 10. If you noticed, I don't have a slideshow today because I was lazy. I was in Virginia on vacation, and I didn't do it. <coughs> but trust me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Do people truly rob God? Do they? Yes. In lots of different ways. Probably the biggest way of robbing God is in praise and glory anytime we're blessed with something good he deserves the glory doesn't he he deserves the praise and many people don't give God, God any praise at all and they're trying to survive but if you can stay the longest you get like half a million dollars and we were watching it last night and this woman caught a rabbit in a snare and here she is holding this rabbit Thinking the rabbit, not God. Thanking the rabbit for this blessing of food, not God. And then she made a sacrifice to the ancestors of the lamb. And I thought, boy, she has totally missed the point. You can be thankful to the rabbit for giving up his life. You can be thankful to your turkey that you ate Thursday. But you've got to realize that turkey came from God. He blessed you with that. And you give him the glory for that. You know, the truth is we rob God of all of that glory and honor that we should. And the reason we, we really rob God is because we think the good stuff that we have in life, our job, our house, our cars, our money, it's because we work for it. And God has it's who he says he is. He's the giver of every good gift. He also asks us to give back to him. If we don't, we rob God. There are lots of stories about famous people giving money to their charities, aren't there? Don't you see those stories? Well, so-and-so gave $1.4 million to their, this charity. Good. And, but when I see that, I wonder if they ever gave a dime to a local church and the mission that goes there. I wonder if they're worried about people. Well, one day we wanted to do some mission work with that money, and she said no. And I said, give her the money back. 
And the treasurer said, we can't do that. I thought, yes, we can. Write her a check and give her the money back. She wanted it back by this time because I said, if we can't use it to do the work of the Lord, what good is it? Now, if we wanted to go out and buy a new tablecloth, she'd have been happy with that. But we were going to feed hungry people. So we gave her the money back. You know what she did with it? She gave it to the Humane Society. The lesson of giving. He wants us to give back to his cause on the planet Earth. It takes money to preach the gospel around the world and even locally. It takes money to reach people for the name of Jesus. It takes money to feed starving people. And that's part of his work. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. This idea in Scripture is about giving is that it's good for us to give. It shows that God has touched our hearts, that we're becoming more like Him. God is the greatest giver that You don't need to come apologizing to me because I don't know what you give and what you don't. Only Mark knows. I don't want to know because that might change the way I feel about you. But the reality is we should give. And there's a lot of that going around, especially at Christmas. Do you know the lowest or on the board churches get their offering is Christmas is the lowest tithe? Not here. I guess we're better than most. But in reality, most churches knew me. I struggle with that too. I might be a preacher, but I'm just like you. It gets tight sometimes. So I have Mark take it out of my check before I ever get it. I don't even know it's gone. But I don't have to worry about it. I know it's gone. I know it's took care of. I've given. But that's a sacrifice like that, is it? Yes, it is. But what would be truly sacrificial is if I choose to give a little more every once in a while. Maybe I'm out here getting coffee and I put $20 in the, in the fund. You know that little jar out there? And, and there are a lot of non-Christian stuff going around. Lack of giving, lack of love. You know, but what about the idea of 10%? I think it's a good amount for giving for some people. As many people really believe that God uh, is owed a tithe as a minimum. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 through 8, Paul says this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to do that to you. You don't want somebody to twist your arm into giving. Matter of fact, the more pressure you put on me, the less likely I am to give it. That's the reason I hate telemarketers. You know, how many have had Comcast call? You're like, I don't want it. Well, but I can do it. I don't care. I don't want it. And they call ten more times. We're to give cheerfully. It's said that God loves a cheerful giver, but he'll also accept from a grouch. Any of you that? And you do it out of faith, with a cheerful heart. In one church, they announced that a missionary offering would be taken. And one man in the church said he wouldn't give because he didn't believe in missions. 
All right, then, said the preacher. Take some of this offering for yourself because it's for the heathen. Could it be that the Lord considers us somewhat heathen if we don't care about the lost in the world or even in other countries? Wouldn't we be heathens too if we didn't care about the lost? You know, a group of businessmen with all with above average means, they were all very wealthy businessmen. They were praying in a church meeting for $1,500 for a church in need. And it just so happened that the preacher was Dwight L. Moody, of all people. And he said, man, stop asking God to give you the needed money when any of you could write that check right now and begin praising God. It's so true, isn't it? I think it's true for most of the needs in our church. Most have the money for various needs. We just don't give it. You've heard of J.D. Rockefeller said, I would never have been able to tithe on the first million dollars ever made if I hadn't tithed on my first salary which was a dollar fifty a week it's got to start somewhere it's a whole lot easier to give on a hundred dollars than it is a thousand it's a whole lot easier to give on a thousand than it is a ten thousand when you start writing checks for a hundred and a thousand dollars it gets hard but if you can't be faithful in a little, but I've been to several, it's, it's strange, but here's what the will read, being of sound mind and body, I spent it all. This is the attitude and action of most people, isn't it? They're not interested in giving money to anyone, nor are they interested in leaving money behind for others, even their own children. How sad to be so selfish. Paul wrote in Galatians 6, 9 through 10, let us not become weary in doing I rather enjoy giving money to people, especially in times of need. Last year we were building the nativity out here that the wind destroyed. You remember that? We had our event, and the next day the wind took it and body slammed it. We're going to build another one this week. <laughs> but while we were there, a lady pulled in and, and she said, and I, she worked at one of the local daycares and she was doing all she could. She had three or four kids. She was hungry. She needed some groceries. So I said, all right, just pull around there. Me and Jewel will meet you around here. And we get around here and somebody had just donated a whole sidewalk full of stuff. So none of it came out of the food pantry. It came off a sidewalk. But as I was with somebody who was in true need, she just bawled. could have kept that $20 bill. I kind of thought about it. I thought, man, that'd be lunch here in a little bit. But she needed it. And we could bless her with that. And somebody had already, God had already put it in place for us to do it because somebody had just dumped a bunch of stuff on the sidewalk. How does it get any better than that? How do you not feel good about his uncle? And, and, and it was the first time that, that he had seen his uncle since Christmas. And he said, it's the best present I ever got. He said, that's great. Do you know how to play it? He said, oh, no, I don't play it. 
He said, Mom gives me a dollar a day not to play it during the day, and Dad gives me $5 a week not to play it at night. Have you ever given the perfect gift to someone or what you thought was the perfect gift? And it was just nice to do. Here at Faith, there are still many very wealthy people in our community that go and buy and give whatever they want because they can. And I say, good for you. And it's your choice to spend whatever you want to spend it on. But the one thing to remind you is all that money no matter how much you got, it won't ever buy you a home in heaven. Do you realize that? It will never, ever buy you any real estate in paradise in heaven. Not so long ago, Shaquille O'Neal paid for a five-year-old girl's funeral in North Carolina after he learned that she to her was tragic, and I wanted her to have a funeral that was so, as beautiful as she was. Good for people like him. Good for people stepping up and giving them their own. Even though, you know, at the time he was just playing basketball and he made $21 million a year and it was nothing for him to pay for that. But I'm glad there's people that will. That will. Someone said, if you have much, give of your wealth. If you have little, give of your heart. We should always give of our hearts. Giving to others doesn't serve them. By all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Put up that slide for me. John 3, 16, how does it read? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Can you quote that? I bet you could quote that before I even put it up there. For God so loved the world that he gave the manger. And it's such a sweet little thing. Even though he was born in a barn. But we still can't get past the fact that he's a little baby. Born under horrible circumstances by people that want, and, and people were trying to kill him. Didn't, didn't want to see it happen. But that's what we see. We see it happening. And instead, we forget that it was what he gave on the cross that should motivate us to give. What he gave on the cross is why we give. A place where there's no pain and no suffering to come here. come like now when we have all these conveniences he didn't have the internet he didn't have air conditioning he didn't have hot water unless he boiled it on a fire but he chose to come here where he knew he knew what that was going to cost he knew that people were going to reject his love he knew he was going to be beaten and accusing you all of me, God. I'm going to live my life for you. Not for me, but for you. And if you start right there, every time you give, you're giving in the name of Jesus. 
But if you haven't done that, this is an invitation for you to come forward and confess Him as Lord and be baptized in the name. Receive the Holy Spirit and know that the greatest gift you ever received is salvation and there's a home waiting for you in heaven. And if you've already done that, Also, if you're visiting today, I need you to go out there to the, the welcome desk and see Leslie. She's got a gift for you. But the most important thing I want you to do is walk out of here today and be the church. Because it's good. I'll be up here for a few minutes afterwards if you need me. And, uh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. We're at Real Life Christian Church, living a real life together for a real God. Because there's a real eternity waiting for us.
Jenny, will you be with me? Please bow your heads. Dear God, you are our waymaker. You make the way for us to live life for you. So as we go out in this world and we are the church in your name, please just. Working. Even when I don't see that you're working, you never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see that you're working, you never stop, you never stop working.